This is Author Talk, presented by Author House, the leading provider of services to help authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world. Author Talk is a show about new books and the authors who wrote them. It's an opportunity for prospective readers to hear directly from the writers, to hear what inspired them to write and publish, and to hear all the inside details about their books. Here is Author Talk. Greetings for Author Talk. This is Jay Douglas Barker. The book title is Eight Minutes a Day to Make an A. Quick change your ADHD child now. Well, I wish I'd had this when I was a child. Uh, my, my parents probably wouldn't have read it anyway, but my guest author from, from Virginia is author Pamela L. Johnson. Welcome to the program. Thank you very much. I appreciate this opportunity. Well, you you have uh, provided a service for all of us uh, hyperactive, uh, right-brained people. Uh, you, at least in your book, have admitted that perhaps uh, you fit into that category. Tell a little of your history and how this book got to be written. Well, I had a really hard time in school, and I studied very hard, and I read the chapters, and I would take the tests, and I couldn't remember I remembered the pictures, but I couldn't remember what the words said. I had a very, very difficult time. I had very low self-esteem because of it, and I thought, well, I must not be very smart. Mm. And I didn't find out until I was 40 years old that I had ADHD, and that's when I had opened a couple of learning centers in Tennessee. And it turned out that most of my students that I got had the same problems. So I thought, well, you know what? To set up a program for them that's going to help them to do better in school. I set up a compensation program and learning center. And my students went from D's and F's to A's and B's within four to six weeks. And they stayed there as long as my study quick system was used. And it, when I say study quick, I mean quick. It makes everything easier. Uh, I taught them a quicker way to read, a quicker way to do their homework, a quicker way to retain information, a quicker way to stay organized. And that's what this book is going to do. It's going to change uh, their lives. And the problem is, is if the parents are not willing to spend five to eight minutes a day with the child, it's not going to work because we have to ha- see the need to do it. If we don't see the need, we're not going to do it. Oh. Now, once my students found out how, how well this worked, they actually did get motivated on their own. In fact, I had one little fourth grader. She said, Mom, my brother's doing so well since he's been using Study Quick. I want to get on the honor roll. So I taught her how to do it. And she went to school and she got on the B honor roll for the first time in her life. Wow. And I, then I, um, she, her teacher said, well, you know, I don't think you should be carrying your, your Study Quick binder and your laptop to class. It's just too much. So don't bring your binder anymore. Well, she went off the honor roll. So she, she by herself, this little fourth grader, went into the principal and said, uh, I have to have my study quick binder. It's my brain. So the principal let her take it back into the classroom, and that little girl was never off the honor roll again. Wow. Well, I wish I had. Because this is, a, <laughs> this is a compensation system, and it compensates for our ADD. That's incredible. The delay really makes a difference. That's incredible. I, I jokingly tell my grandkids because I don't want them to really know what kind of a student I was other than the fact that I uh, I tell them that high school was the best 10 years of my life. Uh, I didn't do well as a student, and I am a, a learner that learns by visual, as you've described in your book. Is this something that an older person like me, I'm over, I'm over 25, uh, would that also work for me? Would I be able to adapt and maybe improve my ability to remember things? 
Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, in, the, in the study quick system, it teaches you to look for information, not to read the words. And then you uh, can use study cards to retain it if you need to retain it for information, uh, using the question and answer techniques. And these kids will always know how they're going to do on a test before they even take the test. Really? And wow. I had one little boy recently. Well, he wasn't a little boy. He was a teenager. And I was helping him with his uh, algebra. Or was it geometry? I don't remember. And he said, I never would have passed this test if I hadn't used the study cards. So it made a believer out of him. But I, I owned and operated two learning centers for over 10 years in Tennessee. And the majority of my students turned out to be ADHD. And this is back when they didn't know that much about it. They weren't working up to their ability, but they had low self-esteem because of this. So I developed a different way of studying and organizing for them. And that's when their grades started going up. And I would say 80 to 90% of them went from D's and F's to A's and B's within 46 weeks and stayed there as long as they used StudyQuick. So StudyQuick is basically a compensation system. Because you have to compensate, like you say, because we're visual learners. And there's a lot of talking and a lot of reading in the classroom. So we have to compensate for that. So I wanted every, to help every ADHD child to be able to experience success and feel better about themselves. And that's why I, I wanted, wrote the book. Uh, did you discover this on your own? I mean, is this uh, something that you've developed personally because of your learning uh, yes. challenges? Yes, yes. Um, it's I just... I have, when I got diagnosed as ADHD, <laughs> the uh, psychologist said, oh my gosh, he said, you have such a high IQ. He says, but nobody will ever know it because you're so ADD. He said, you've got, there's four kinds of ADHD and you have all four kinds. Wow. So I was smart enough to figure out how to help others. When I first looked at your book, I I was wondering whether it was a, a biographical sketch of my life. I mean, it really does cover the uh, the basics of uh, people like us who are creative. Uh, I am uh, I'm off. I was off the charts creatively. I have uh, slowed down a lot and given up on trying because it just gets too complicated. And uh, as far as organizational right. skills, I do have them in some areas. But when it comes to my personal life, as you've described. Uh, I'm in my studio right now, and I have all these what I call gazintas, and I don't know what to do with the gazintas. The gazintas are the plugs that go here and there and, and everywhere, and when they when you buy a piece of equipment, they give you a gazinta, and your gazintas end up uh, replicating overnight. I, th- I think they I think they have some kind of uh, a hidden hidden something in there. So yeah, I can relate very very uh, closely to what you're what you're saying. Your book. Uh, what has been the response from the written book a- at this point, or have you had an opportunity to get feedback? Oh yes, <clears throat> the feedback I've gotten has been oh my gosh, uh, this book has like one of, one of my friends. I gave her the book. And I said, I'm going to come over to your house and I'm going to show your child how to do this. Well, he was a teenager and he was failing everything. He started making good grades. He started to get really motivated. When he saw that he, that he did things in a different way, he could make good grades. And that's the secret. We have to do things differently to get different results. We can't do it the way the other kids do it. And this is what the book teaches. Well, I go into panic mode when I have to memorize anything, and that's been a long-term thing, I guess, a leftover from my childhood. Uh, I have done some acting assignments and, and things of that nature. If I don't have it written in front of me, then I, I freeze. And your book will give me some clarity on how to overcome that. Is that correct? 
Yes. For example, I do a lot of speaking and um, I have to have something visually in front of me because, as you said, we are visual learners. And but I have I have learned how to use um, the, the, the cards just like I teach the kids to use the cards so that it, it triggers my memory. So we just need triggers. And uh, at home, we have to put everything in the same place so we always know where to go when we want our keys or our, <laughs> or our wallet. Um, it's easier if you are married to a woman who is not ADD and she keeps you organized. Um, but that's not always possible. Well, I'm I'm, anyway, mar- uh, I'm, I'm married to, I'm married to a to a to a, a genius and a saint, so I I don't know if those two things are oh, important okay. or well, not. You're all right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about being a saint. Well, yeah, she is. I, it's it's nearly Mama's Day when we're recording this, so yeah, she's a saint. Uh, <laughs> you you have uh, written this 108 pages. How long did it take to assemble this? And uh, do you feel like you've been able to accomplish a conversational style in teaching these elements? I hope so. I made it a short book because parents want answers. They don't want to read a book. They just want answers. There's lots of books out there on ADHD written by psychologists and psychiatrists that can go into everything if you want to know all that. This is just basically, okay, here's what you do if you want to get quick results because it's been done over 10 years with thousands of kids with, a, with an 80 to 90% success rate. In fact, I didn't put this in my book, but my husband came out one day out of the office. He said, Pam, you've got to stop fixing these kids so fast. We're not making any money. <laughs> couldn't, I couldn't not do that, you know, in all good conscience. So we ended up selling the summit and he went into building homes. Wow. Anyway, um, I, I think that people would enjoy this book because hope. And also, they, if they just do these techniques that have been used over and over and over again, they'll get the same results. Uh, the compensation techniques have built-in motivation, which ensures success when they use them. And the study quick, the reason I call it that, because it only takes a few minutes a day during the week for their child to be successful. The parents do have to do a little monitoring, but it doesn't take very long at all. Anybody who has a full-time job can still do this. Uh, it's not that involved. And the, the students love the fact that they're organized, because the problem is when you're ADHD, you choose, you you, you do things differently every day. You're doing the same thing every day, but you're doing it differently. Hmm. So you, one day you put your homework in your book and you don't know where you put it, or you drop it in the bottom of your book bag, or you forgot to uh, download it from your uh, teacher's um, website. And, and there's so many different traps for us to fall in to be unsuccessful because we are thinking about lots of other more interesting things and the mundane things. If we don't have that under control and have a consistent little system that we use, we fall into a trap ourselves and we're not going to be able to understand how to get out of it. So I tried to make this simple for my students and I tried to make it uh, easily understandable. And every single parent who tried it says, Oh my gosh, this works. Now some of my parents, didn't follow the study quick system. They'd take their child out as soon as they're making good grades, and then they'd come back the next semester and say, well, it stopped working. Wow. I'd say, well, are you monitoring your child five minutes a day? Well, no. Are you, are you taking one minute a day to monitor to make sure that the homework's been downloaded or that they, you, the homework's been checked off and the homework's in the homework section? Well, no. I said, well, you can either do that at home or you can pay me to do it. 
preferably, you know, preferably that's pay you. Right? Doing that yeah. here, you could do that at home for nothing. <laughs> Absolutely. But a, a lot of the parents have the same problem the kids do, which is a big problem. Uh, do you find that people with ADHD? Uh, I'm just looking at my own personal life, and no one else needs to be listening. But um, do you find that they second guess? Uh, maybe creative projects? Uh, are they task oriented? How would you uh, would you find anything that's unusual about that, or is that just humanity in general. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not sure I understand the question. Well, uh, I've done some creative projects, and uh, I've got one, or actually two, that have been sitting around for two or three years, and I won't release them because I keep going back and say, well, maybe I could tweak that, maybe oh, I could yeah. do that. Yeah. You're overthinking, uh-huh, yes. <clears throat> that, you know, I don't have any answers to that because I do the same thing. Oh, okay. I do the same thing. Well, we need to live closer together and- so you can monitor me and get me motivated. <laughs> You, you might need a, a, an outside person to give you, you know, to you show them what you're doing and what, what do they think is that enough? Because we, we will always come up with another idea. And that's, that's the great thing about ADD people. We are so, um, so interested in something and we can go on and on and on with it, you know, keep going to other, other levels, but maybe you don't need to go to those levels. You just stay where you are, and that's good enough for everybody else, and let's just get the job done. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And you say in four to six weeks uh, the change can be remarkable uh, if they use your system. Oh, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. What, why is yeah. your book different than others in there? You've already described that your uh, approach is uh, kind of unique and one that you have uh, initiated yourself and discovered and developed. Is uh, is there anything else in the marketplace that maybe is as simplified in the in the way that it approaches this challenge? No, not that I've seen. I haven't read every single solitary book, of course, but I've looked, you know, gone online and seen the books right now that are in the area of ADHD, and most of them are very well written. And if you want to know a lot more stuff about ADHD, there's a lot better books. But if you just want to see that your child right now, within two weeks or a week of getting this book, starts making better grades and is more organized, this is a book. I made it simple and easy. And I had to make it simple and easy for my kids and for their parents because they're not going to spend a lot of time. If you're ADHD, you're not going to spend a lot of time doing something you don't like anyway. So I made it fast and easy. Well, that's that's a wonderful commendation from your lips and obviously from people like me. I guess I need to give this to my uh, surrogate mom, my wife, have her read it and get me organized. <laughs> I love the title again, Eight Minutes a Day to Make an A. Quick change your ADHD child now. My guest author, Pamela L. Johnson. Pam, how do we find copies of your book? Uh, right now, I've heard it's, it's coming out in uh, Barnes & Noble. I don't know if it's there yet, but I know you can get it online at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Absolutely, and they can do a search under your name, Pamela L., middle initial, last name J-O-H-N-S-O-N, a Bachelor of Science in Education. Uh, thank you for joining me today and sharing your story. They can do a search there. And uh, in social media, have you uh, launched any fan pages yet or blogs? You know, <laughs> the problem with that is is that it's not it's a low interest level for me. I do have a Facebook page and I do have a website, but um, it's it's just not. I don't have that much interest in that, and I know I should, but I'm I'm sorry. You know how it is. You need to get that eight minutes a day book and read it. That's what you need to do. Yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Pam, thank you for joining me. Thank you for yeah, thank you for joining me today. This is a great book. I would highly recommend it. Uh, I wish again my uh, parents uh, had a book like this when I was a child. Maybe I would have turned out to be someone differently than I am. Uh, would have probably squashed all my creativity. No, it wouldn't have done that. It would have enhanced it. But <laughs> but thank you, Pam, for joining me today and sharing your story. Again, the title of the book is Eight Minutes a Day to Making or to Make an A. Quick change your right. ADHD child now. I love the uh, I love the uh, the outcome, and you've got a couple of parents and a child uh, children on the front cover with superhero costumes on. I I think that's uh, very appropriate. Thanks again for joining me and well, sharing your yeah, story. Yeah, it does it does take a family to make a child. So yeah, the parents will have to get a little bit involved. Very good. Thanks well. again for Author House and Author Talk. This is Jay Douglas Barker. You're listening to Author Talk. We'll be back right after these messages. Congratulations on getting your book published. The effort you put into your work is truly commendable. But what's next? What will happen to all the knowledge you have worked so hard to acquire to produce your book? Here at Toginet Radio, we can provide you a platform to keep your knowledge working for you through the power of podcast. The subjects our podcasts cover are as varied as the grains of sand on a beach. From life coaching to military resources to business success, even to the paranormal. We have a place for everyone. To get started on your next step, call Scott at 903-787-5880 or email him at scott at toginetradio.com. That's S-C-O-T-T at T-O-G-I-N-E-T-R-A-D-I-O dot com. Welcome back to Author Talk. Brought to you by Author House. Helping authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world. Greetings for Author Talk. This is Jay Douglas Barker. The book is titled, Just a Thought. And joining me from Washington, D.C., where they need lots of better thoughts, and I think this gentleman has created those, Richard Bird. Thank you, sir, for joining me today. Uh, thank you, Jay. This is a, a unique, uh, I, I guess, a, uh, a unique uh, book. It's not just a reference book as such. It's a really, uh, are you a person that sits around and philosophizes, I guess, about life and about people and about uh, ways to improve your life? Is that a way to describe you? What's your background and how did this book get written? Well, you know, they... Uh, Ever since I was like 15 years old, I wanted to do something to help other people, you know, in some kind of unique way. And, uh, you know, I've been writing like, uh, short quotes and thoughts for about 20 years. Mm. But, uh, I never, uh, exactly, uh, you know, thought to write a book until the internet came out. And, uh, I started, you know, Instagram and Facebook, I started to put a few of them on there. And, uh, you know, people would tell me, thank you, you know, you, it really helped me. And, you know, and uh, they used to, say, used to say we really like how it's just a thought because, uh, you know, I really get something different, you know, from what my husband did. You know, and so that was my motivation. But, uh, you know, I also had, uh, you know, I had to pray on it, you know, because I had a too much called confirmation. Right. You know, so uh, what what had happened was uh, five years ago, Jay, I was reading the Bible, I was reading Proverbs, and I read about how Solomon, uh, what he asked for was uh, just wisdom and a way to guide his people. 
And uh, so, some odd reason, the next day, I was just writing these things, like, uh, countless times, you know, like, mm. I, it's only like 100 in the book, but I've written maybe 4,000 of them. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I don't have much time for uh, doing other things like, uh, I don't know, going to the mall and uh, maybe Walmart. I don't know. This is the, You're keeping busy then doing all that writing. Uh, and well, 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 well uh, you know, it's not like i got to stop and just do that. You know, it's, uh, you know I do have an eight-hour job. You know, uh, I do, uh, you know, have a fiancé and a grandson. So, you know, it's uh, basically I, I do, you know, basically what a normal person would do on a daily basis because right. see these uh i could be walking down the street and and uh, just uh see something going on and a thought would come to me and i just write it down right there i think nothing of it until i get home i might have three or four of those in one day you know and uh or somebody could be speaking and talking about something and something just comes to mind or I, i'll be reading a book or i'll be seeing a movie and something just comes to mind it's these are how they come to me it's well, it's not like I got to do a whole lot of thinking about it. Right. It's it, just like when I say it's a gift, you know. I, I think it's uh, it's a gift. You know, it's a God-given gift to me. Well, it's an inspirational book for sure because uh, most everything in here is either instructional or inspirational. I just uh, found one here that says hope is a tremendous, tremendous obstacle to someone who looks forward to failure. And, uh, you know, that distills it down into a very short and under, understandable uh, process of understanding life and, and uh, maybe the direction people take. That, uh, are all of your, your inspirations, are they all similar to this? Well, uh, I have one for you. Uh, like, I have this one on page 49. It's called, Knowledge is what we know. Information is what we seek to know. And experiences the participation of the both. Hmm. Just a thought. Well, those are great. Yeah, and they are all short. Uh, they are, I guess, could be considered a thought for the day or a thought for the moment. Uh, they would be a, a good reference point and maybe even a reference source for speakers and uh, maybe pastors or anybody that's in the public eye that's looking for a, uh, a unique look at life. Have you had others accessing these and using them in that capacity? Uh, no, not, no. Uh, you know, besides me, just uh, every now and then I'll put something on Facebook, you know, because uh, I have uh, uh, some friends there that like to see some of the stuff I write. But, you know, other than that, no, you know, uh, I look at my book as a self-help book, you know, and, uh, you know, it's self-help, self-growth in a positive manner, you know, it, yes. it, it allows a person to self-examine themselves, you know, it, it allows them to ponder, you know, where they are at that moment. And some of those comments and inspirations that are in your book are not uh, the kind of thing that you go, oh, yeah, I've, I've heard that before necessarily, but they're simple, but they also are eye-opening and uh, thoughts like this, good judgments become common sense when you have an open mind and you think oh yeah that 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 makes sense but then when you when you examine it again and reflect upon it it makes you want to perhaps take some action is that what was maybe motivating you as well yeah really you know yeah exactly see it's all about balance to me 
you know, uh, balance isn't hard. It's the hard thing is keeping balance. Yeah, that's true. You understand what I mean? Absolutely. So, uh, I, I try, I try to motivate people by inspiring them to move forward in a positive direction. Your book layout is interesting as well. Did you have a hand in that, or did your art department or the art department uh, give you direction? Because I think it's colorful and and yet it's soothing at the same time. Uh, I designed it myself. Did you? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Did Did you come up with the colors and uh, the layout scheme all the way through? Well, what I did, I, you know, like uh, in my thoughts, I just took a bunch of words that I use all, a lot of in, in different quotes and thoughts that I wrote, and I just jumped them all up together and put thought in the middle. Beautiful. Uh, what was the purpose of doing so in in releasing this? I notice, note that you have uh, some friends who were looking for perhaps uh, a word or two that might encourage them in a difficult time or maybe motivate them to get up and get to work. Uh, were there more people on the horizon that you felt would benefit from your book? Well, uh, you know, uh, uh, before I written the book, uh, you know, I used to, uh, you know, write things for different people, friends of mine to uh, kind of motivate them, get them out of a uh, stressful situation or, or, or depressing mode, you know, mm, something right. to cheer them up. Let them know that, you know, regardless of where you're at or what you're going through, it's a way out, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, I'm talking about from, uh, you know, a teenager 15 to a grandfather 70, you know. Mm. Now, you mentioned you have maybe as many as 4,000 of these thoughts was there any problem with repetition? Did that ever uh, become a concern of yours? No, repetition uh, never became a concern. But what I did in my book, I put resentment because, you know, uh, let me see if I can find resentment. I see one on, uh, on page 11. Is that the one? Yeah, resentment is a spiritual disease. It allows you to take on someone else's issues without your permission. You know, that's like uh, uh, holding on to something that's not doing you any good. The other person ain't worried about it, but you still feeling bad about it. So I put that in there twice so that you can see how it is when you see you keep doing the same thing over. You sound almost like a motivational speaker, at least in thoughts. Have you ever done any public speaking and shared these thoughts publicly? Never, never. My I friends always tell me that, uh, you know, I, I could uh, help just about anybody by the words that come out of my mouth. But, you know, <laughs> I just think I'm a normal person. You've done a great job on this book. Uh, it is only 106 pages in length, but, again, it's full of wisdom that has been gained through life lessons, I'm sure. And maybe yes. maybe not all of them have been positive, but your book certainly emphasizes the positive. Would that be uh, correct? Yeah, well, the thing uh, that I really would like for people to get out of the book is, uh, you know, positive growth with an open mind. You know, where's that? You know, you can't be judgmental of somebody just because they do things different, they think different, or they act different, you know. Because uh, one thing I do believe is that I'm not in control of what somebody else does. 
Excellent wisdom, for sure. I'm finding one that says money and friends are a lot alike, easy to get, but hard to keep. And then you, <laughs> and then, and then you, yeah. and then you always uh, finish this off by saying, "Just a thought." Uh, so, <laughs> if you are saying something that might be offensive to someone in person, you can always add, and and I have to do this in some of my uh, conversations. In uh, conversations and on Facebook, I have to put JK, which means just kidding, and just a thought may be the same way. Is that right? Right, right. You know, uh, you know what 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 uh, what I love the most about it is how you know, say if I if I'm uh, allowing you know somebody they read my book, you know, what what I uh, I love the most is the response, the reactions that they have, you know, how they light up, you know, after reading a few quotes, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the thing that I love the most about it is that I feel like I done gave a little of myself to help somebody else. Very rewarding for sure. The book itself, was there a challenge in getting this completed? Anything that was difficult for you? Well, I had a fear of, uh, uh, you know, uh, what financially, what it would cost. Because, you know, I've never written a book. I know it would be costly. And, uh, you know, it was almost a deterrent because, you know, I don't make, you know, I, I make maybe uh, $90,000 a year, sometimes 120 depends on the workload. But, you know, uh, I'm just, uh, you know, a blue-collar worker. You know, and these things can get expensive. You know, uh, you know, I, and uh, so that was almost like a deterrent. But I had a one credit also, so uh-huh. you know, I just jumped on out there. I prayed for it. I got kind of got what you call confirmation from a, a car deal uh, salesperson. Uh, she was uh, the finance director, and and I had did a rough draft of the book. And I went into her office and I asked, I said, uh, I was thinking about writing a book, you know, I, I just buy me an F-150. And she said, uh, mm-hmm. well, uh, can, I, can I take a look at it? And I, I let her look at it. She uh, looked at it a few pages, about, I think about 10 pages. And then she said, Richard, I said, what? She said, where were you at six months ago? <laughs> I said, what do you mean? She said, if my son seen this book six months ago, he may not have committed suicide. And I was blown away. Oh, my. Wow. That is, I was totally blown away. That is incredible. That is an incredible uh, uh, feedback from someone, for sure. The book, yeah. again, is very nicely done, and I love the way that you've uh, separated the phrases on individual pages so it can be a reference point. I don't have to start at the front page and go to the back page. I can start at page 85 if I choose and pick up a thought for the day that may inspire me or inspire others. Uh, the back of your book says this about the contents. Each thought serves a different purpose to elevate each individual into their own unique direction. And then you add a personal note, I write from real life experiences to help others to open their minds to a new horizon that's just beyond their reach. And uh, I may add this, uh, that's just a thought. Uh, the title of the book, again, is Just a Thought. My author, who has joined me from Washington, D.C., and I think you should spread this around in Washington. I think everybody there needs a copy of this one. Uh, my author, Richard Bird. Richard, where can my listeners get a copy of your book? 
Uh, they can get it off uh, Amazon. They can get a Google Books, uh, AuthorHouse.com, uh, and uh, uh, BookBob. It's it's all over the web, web uh, the website. Fabulous. And they can do a search under your name, Richard, and last name B-Y-R-D, Bird. And the title oh, again oh, is yeah. Just a right, Thought. Right, right. And they can go to my website also. It's www.authorrichardbird.com. Fabulous. Thank you for sharing your story. This is uh, encouraging, and I will say, readers, you'll find the book and the thoughts inspirational. So get a copy of it. The title again is Just a Thought, author Richard Bird. Thank you, Richard, for joining me today and sharing your story. And I thank you too, Jay. My pleasure for Author House and Author Talk. This is Jay Douglas Barker. You're listening to Author Talk. We'll be back right after these messages. you ever wonder if you're the only woman who runs errands in her yoga pants so it will look like she went to the gym? Or how about the only mom who feeds her kids raw cookie dough? Or are you the only one who cooks her family cold cereal for dinner? Do you need more laughter and less loudness? More self-love and less self-loathing? More joy and less judgment? You're not alone. Come to the living room, a place where we get comfy, candid, and confident together. Come seeking sanctuary and leave feeling renewed. We are saving a seat for you. Give yourself some living room today. Welcome back to Author Talk, brought to you by Author House. Helping authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world. Greetings for Author Talk. This is J. Douglas Barker. The book is titled Light of the Desert. And my author who joins me from the uh, from California is author Lucette Walters. Welcome to the program, Lucette. Thank you. Your book is uh, an extensive read. It's over 500 pages. Uh, this book must have taken a while to complete. Tell a little of the background of the characters, the story, and the type of novel it is. Well, it actually took nearly 10 years. I'm surprised myself that it took so long to write because um, it was there were so many different uh, reasons to write the book. And um, in 1993, actually seems so long ago, uh, there was, uh, I had heard about a young woman uh, in the Middle East who had been, um, uh, who had been executed because she did not want to marry the man that her father had wanted for her. Yes. And, um, yeah, and then I noticed um, that uh, more and more other killings were happening over the years, and it really concerned me. So somehow I felt the need to write about it, but I kept thinking, what if, what if, this young woman who is uh, so unjustly accused and killed um, so horribly, what if she survives? Then what would happen? How could? And then I felt the, the character actually came to me so in such a powerful way that uh, I actually, when I was writing the story, I felt that that you know some this somebody the character you know how it is when you're yes. writing the characters come to you. So I wanted to give a little bit and a lot of light actually to such a dark, dark subject. So that's why I wrote this uh, uh, book. Also, I had been I had worked in the film industry for many years, so I uh, wanted to turn this into a movie. But first, I had to write the book. 
Mm. And uh, my background is that I was actually born in Alexandria, Egypt. And when I was 10 years old, I was walking uh, by an alleyway, and there there was a big party going on. And there was a 10-year-old girl, actually, my age at the time, who actually was getting married to a 52 or 54-year-old. Incredible. And uh, this really scared me. And um, but my mother said, "This is the culture, and you know, that's just because we were we're French." And she said, "This is the culture, and you know, just that's what they do." But it really, really concerned me. So I, I mentioned a great deal of that incorporated into this adventure story, um, and um, it's extremely positive, and it shows what can happen. But it's also the character, Nora Fendel, the main character, um, it shows also courage, a young woman's courage, who survives against every challenge thrown at her. And uh, so that's what the story mainly is about. It's, it's really, it's a great, powerful story, and it's super positive, and I just, um, I'm actually, I have to tell you, uh, I'm kind of, I'm proud to have written such a story because it also opens the eyes to what can happen and what goes on in different parts of the world. You also have London as an important part of this uh, story. It's not yes. just the the Middle East or the Far East. I mean the Middle East. It uh, yes, it, it, yes. It, it actually take, takes place or begins in London, does it not? Yes, it does actually. And the reason is uh, I was in London at that time, March nineteenth. Um, I wanted to, it began in London, and as a matter of fact, I have a production company in London that wants to do it, turn it into a miniseries. Um, it begins in London because they study, they meaning a great deal of extremely wealthy Middle Eastern people, have their children, uh, have them uh, attend uh, posh uh, colleges, universities, and I saw that when I was in London. And I thought, what if this is what happens to Nora, that she's in London, and actually it's her sister who betrays her and uh, knows that if she ever, uh, Nora, um, shames the family, and this is what would probably happen. So, and that's exactly what happened. So it, it begins in London when she was going, she was just finishing school, and she was going to marry uh, her, high, her sweetheart, who was studying in Paris. Well, so, yeah, you have a great deal of international going on in the story. And although you live on the uh, on the west coast of the United States, your background is uh, you were living and extensively traveled in Europe. Correct. So, yes, yeah, so I, I, when I lived in Alexandria, Egypt, I got to understand the culture. Actually, we all lived in great harmony between the different religions and different cultures. Hmm. Uh, we accepted, it, it was really a, a beautiful time between the late 40s and 50s and then early 60s. But then I moved to Paris and uh, and then I lived and then I knew London. So this is why I incorporate a great deal of what happens to Nora through my own travels. So then everything, by the way, down to the food, everything uh, that I incorporate into the story, uh, the real, they are from... Uh, everything that I experienced personally, except, you know, not the tragedy. Um, but at least uh, when you read the story, everything in there is taken from uh, reality, and, from actual reason. 
you, you have because you have a background as an actress and in in movies and around yeah. that type of creative process. Uh, was there a challenge in writing this? Uh, did you put a lot of action scene in this book, or is it more emotionally driven from from a relationship side? You know, I have to tell you, it's kind of both. Hmm. My own experiences working in the film business, we, which I later incorporate in the book, and um, it, it's, uh, I guess you could say both between the film business and before that my travels, and I felt that I needed to incorporate the reality of my own life into Nora. And although this deals with a, a subject material that uh, has been going on for years, this is set in contemporary times, is it not? Yes, it is. It is set in contemporary times, although it's, you know, it's a little bit dated, I was told. However, it's what's going on right now, which is very scary. And I wanted people to understand that the wealthiest people, uh, very well-educated, they still fall back into this that they kill their own daughters to oh. save the name of their family and and the shame, the so-called shame. It, it so is, it happens right now, even it, in London and, and in the United States. It does happen in the United States, and yet not much is said about it. I, I'm not even sure, are they just uh, on an aside, are they the ever brought to justice, or is it kind of looked over as a cultural thing and just ignore it? Yes, actually, and that is the the scariest part, that they are not brought to justice. Some mm. some are, some are, but overall, it's too late because the girl has been executed. Wow. Well, from a cultural standpoint, that is a, a very uh, striking difference between uh, how the Western... Uh, culture deals with disagreements in family, and especially uh, the the female, the the young ladies are subject to some some terrible uh, inequities in their bringing up. In, Correct. In the story itself, uh, I know there's you know the the father is a very wealthy man, and the the daughter has been a, a graduate of a of a exceptional school in London. What happens right. to her? She she's a, There's an attempted murder on her, uh, but she does not. She survives. She survives, yes, and that's it. The father is shamed, and he, had, uh, he has uh, some friends, fundamentalist peers, who tell him that he has to kill her mm. in order to save uh, his name. And basically, that's their belief, and so they convince him uh, to execute his daughter by secretly drowning her. Hmm. However, she's saved, and that's where the story begins. But he, throughout the entire uh, book, the seven years of when she, in hiding, he secretly, and this is another thing about the father, he secretly is so, he is so, um, he grieves the loss of his daughter, which gives it that much more intensity to the story of how he secretly this. What, what did he do? He tells himself he's going through all of this, but he cannot reveal it. So mm. that is that's why when you see what goes on with the characters, I added a great deal of depth with each and each character, what they go through when she passes away, and they don't know actually that she survived. 
they meaning the father especially, and then what happens to the mother who was never told. And uh, so there's, there's just so much involved. It's it's weaved into so many different characters. That's why I, you know, I, I'm pleased to see that people really got it and really enjoyed each character because I studied very carefully as to how to incorporate the way each character was or is and why and how it incorporates in today's time. Yes. My presumption then is that you worked from an outline that you had the characters all lined out and really fleshed out what their personalities were, how they would approach and uh, react to certain situations. Is that the approach you used? Mm -hmm. Sorry? Is that the approach you used in writing this? Yes, it's the approach I used. I had, I studied every single character down to each child because they were five children. And also I was able to incorporate, you know, their culture because I, my parents understood that culture. My mother Mm. had helped me. But what I did not want to do was ever, ever uh, insult, if you will, um, anyone. It was just showing as to what can happen when this kind of tragedy, it deals with jealousy, mostly, and courage. Um, and, And I want everybody to understand, again, the importance of honor killing, that we can never let it happen again because it's happening right now and it's growing. It's going from Canada down to here in the United States and it's um, it happens all the time, actually, mm. um, other countries like Pakistan. And so basically, in my own little way, I wanted to um, give this story some kind of light and hope of what can happen. In describing the hope, uh, what is Nora's? What is her final uh, success in this in this storyline, if there is one? Her final success is to prove at the end. First of all, she has to survive. This is one thing that this is somebody who was so spoiled and happy life, and how she manages to survive. And the, the thing is, her courage to show to go back one day and show that she was innocent. That it was not her th- that she did not commit any crimes, and um, and it just shows the courage of how one woman, against all obstacles, it gives hope also that when nothing happens, everything is thrown at you, that you can challenge it and you can survive all of this against every obstacle thrown at you in any way, even for other things. I think this is when you read this, you feel like, you know what, I can do this for whatever uh, is challenged, whatever family or anything, that you can have the strength to survive above and beyond any obstacle. And this is why what I was trying to convey in this story. Well, you took a long time to complete it, but you were very meticulous in how you assembled the characters and the storyline for sure. Uh, that yes. what you've just described is really the moral of the story. It's the inspiration behind it, is it not? It is exactly the inspiration behind it, the courage of a young woman to survive, and that we can do it. She could. She did it. Beautiful. And would you also uh, say that uh, the the writing style would you would you call it colorful in its descriptive style, or is it uh, more fact based? in the way you've approached it. What's the emotional content, or do you think they'll be on a ride when they when they read this book? 
it's interesting you should say colorful. It's actually both. It's colorful, and what is the other word, sorry, that you used? Uh, um, it is. It's, it's colorful, but it's also, you know, it's written in a, I have to tell you, it's written in a screenplay style as if making a movie. And the reason mm. is because for years I worked in the film business and I, I wrote scripts and I used to type scripts in the beginning uh, to add uh, for, for income. And I used to type so many scripts that I learned. So I, I decided to make this story easy to read because I divided each chapter and also um, each peer point of view for each character. So it's easy to read and it goes fast this way. But because I worked in the film business, I was able to write it the way that I did. So yeah. I added color. It was colorful, but it also was uh, literary, if you will. Beautiful. Was, I, I tried never to use even cliché. I was very careful how I wrote it. Hmm. Uh, that's that's commendable. And thank you for sharing your story. This This book, again, is titled Light of the Desert. It is an extensive read, so it will take you a little while to get through it. But if it's fast-moving, fast-paced, and colorful, you'll enjoy every minute and every uh, second spent on each page as the story unfolds. Thank you for joining me today. Where can they get copies of this, Lucette? Um, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or any uh, nearby bookstore. And do you have, mostly Amazon. Do you have a web page or a fan page uh, set up yet? I do have a web page set up through Author House. I think it's pretty. Uh, it looks really nice. I'm working on it. Very I good. This interview will be around for the next forty or fifty years, so hopefully the web page will be uh, in full development, and you'll actually have an opportunity to share maybe a follow-up story to these characters and uh, this storyline. Uh, do you have something in the works yet? Actually, I do, but I'm writing also another story. Um, yeah, called Dumpster Baby. Oh, my. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, I, yeah, it's, uh, I write these intense stories, but, uh, yeah, that, but we've got, yes, I do. I, I am writing. I love to write. Uh, it's a passion. Um, and it, it's my most, it's so enjoyable for me to write. Right. But um, again, regarding Life of the, uh, of the Desert, it is a fast-paced, colorful story. Beautiful. And that's what I'm, I wanted to add. Beautiful. Well, as you've mentioned, you hope that this will develop into a uh, perhaps a major motion picture or a, uh, a series of some type. I think it has all of the earmarks of the right stuff. So best of luck with that. The title again is Light of the Desert. My guest author, Lucette, L-U-C-E-T-T-E. Walters, W-A-L-T-E-R-S. You can do a search online, find this book, and I'm sure there'll be more in the future. Thank you, Lucette, for joining me today. Thank you. My pleasure for Author House and Author Talk. This is Jay Douglas Barker.